You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. Welcome to 107.9 Radio Fremantle's The World Football Programme. You're with Huey, and joining me in the studio today is the world's greatest wingman, Pete Skelia. <laughs> Good morning, Pete. How are you? Very well, thanks, Huey. How are you doing this morning? Well, that's uh, error number one, and we're, what, 30 seconds in. That's fantastic. That's right. <laughs> Pete, plenty of things to talk about today. We've got a full show on. We've we do got indeed. Yeah, yeah, we've got uh, Michael Frost from North Beach Soccer Club who's going to talk to us about their 50th year celebration, which in a regular world would have been last year because they were formed in 1970, but COVID didn't allow that to to give it its due credence. So that happened earlier this year. So we'll have a chat to him about all things North Perth and what's happened there. They, they could call it North Beach. They could call it... Um... North Beach, damn it. That's era number two. <laughs> They could uh, they could call it you know the the, the post fifty celebration the if they prefer you know North Beach he's going to hate me for that isn't he <laughs> unbelievable after that we've got uh, the newly reappointed uh, captain of the Perth W League Natasha Rigby she's going to join us to talk all things that's happening in that space a uh, bit of pre season the change of and it, and it's A League women these days not W League <laughs> so. I, I think I, I'd let you off for that one. but I'm going to lose count, aren't I? This is, <laughs> if we're going at this rate. Then we're going to talk uh, futsal. And uh, as we spoke with Sean last week about how you can play internationally for Australia without yep. having the skills to play the actual game, uh, myself included in that, uh, in that group, <laughs> having played Australia in Subudio League, uh, we're going to talk to Anastasio Parasavikas. Most of you out there would know him as Tazzy. Yep. Tazzy is an international futsal referee and he's going to talk to us about his journey 
as to how he got there. And then finally, very excited about this. I've been chasing these people for a while. We've got Lucas Gillard and Jason Goldsmith, who have written the excellent book, Be My Guest. And we're going to talk to them about all things about guest football from George Best. Yep. Pete, who's Alan Ball? Uh, he's a English guy <laughs> that won the World Cup in 66. And I described him as what? A uh, wee ginger nut. That's the one, yeah. I was trying to remember the term you'd used. <laughs> um, and all the way up to uh, Usain Bolt and his uh, very profitable his guest appearance with Central Coast Mariners. Central Coast, Coast Mariners. Oh, yeah. I always get those two mixed up. They're crap sides and I just don't care about them. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I did I did notice like the um Channel 10's pumping the the A League adverts at the moment. I didn't realize how much Channel 10 I watched as an aside <laughs> too. So every time the ad comes on no matter what happens I'm stopping and watching it. And I know when they first ran their, you know, we are football ad covering all the leagues, there was some groaning from the Central Coast Mariners that of all the teams and fans they they featured they didn't have any Central Coast Mariners footage whatsoever. Well, why would they? And, but in the latest one, it actually closes with the, they've got the kid holding oh. up the Central Coast Mariners <laughs> logo at the camera. And I'm, I'm just sitting there going, they, they deliberately added, edited that bit in at the very last second to shut these fans up, you know? Well, at least they uh, give them that token appearance. Yeah. I'd like to thank our uh, station sponsors and particularly those that are very invested in this show, uh, our partners at Futsal WA and Greg Farrell. Oswest Fencing, Wrought Iron, that's for all your custom-built fencing and gates, and gate and fencing hardware, and that's for fence and gate components, automation to upgrade and protect your property. So thank you very much to those people and businesses. We really do appreciate your support for this show and this station. And if you like the station, please become a member of the station. It's very easy to do. You can do that during office hours, Monday to Friday. We are going to go to a break. We will come back with Mick Frost from North Beach Soccer Club. He's going to tell us all of the things that are happening with that club. Stick with us. You're on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. And he needs to play that one. 107.9 <laughs> FM, your local station. 107.9 FM. Oh, give me life. Lots of land under starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Are you looking to build or replace your gates or fencing? The Oswest team can offer four generations of advice, materials, and kit assemblies for your unique fence and gate project. We specialize in color bond, aluminium, steel, and timber gates. Check out our galleries at oswestfencing.com.au. That's A-U-S-W-E-S-T-Fencing.com.au Please don't fence me in Gate and Fence Hardware WA is your hardware shop online. Find all the parts you need to fix, make and secure your gates and fences. Friendly staff and family offer advice to help your project along or order in your special part. Gate and Fence Hardware WA. Station Sponsor. Hi, I'm Miranda Templeman. The world is a little different to us all right now. We may be learning to play football with our mates online, keep in touch through FaceTime, and watch classic matches on Share TV. 
One thing that won't change is being able to listen to the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle. Your World Football team are in the studio every Saturday from 10am to 12pm. We appreciate your support. Stay safe, Australia. We're all in this together. You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. Back to 107.9 FM Radio Fremantle. We're just having a few problems getting a hold of Michael Frost from North Beach Soccer Club. So, uh, Pete, I'm going to throw to you as the best wingman in the world <laughs> to uh, save my bacon one more time uh, while I try to get him again. So I've just got the message from his, uh, from his line that says, Mick's unavailable to take your call right now. Please leave a message. Mick, I'm leaving you a message. Pick up your phone, son. <laughs> Okay, well, in the meantime, uh, Reese Williams, uh, former Glory and Melbourne Victory player, has actually been named as captain of Western Sydney Wanderers for the upcoming A-League men's season as they're looking to get back into the finals. So 32-year-old defender brings with him a wealth of experience, gleaned from a 14-year professional career that saw him play in England, Australia and Saudi Arabia, as well as representing Australia on 14 separate occasions. Uh, Williams is a former captain of the English side Middlesbrough and Saudi club Al Qazia uh, and has played a significant role on the field during Western Sydney's pre-season in the heart of defence. While off the field, he has been a vocal leader of the group, setting an example for the next generation of Wanderers. Williams has said that he is honoured to lead the club into the summer of 21-22. Um, it's a privilege and an honour to be named captain of this club, he said. Uh, he joined Western Sydney Wanderers in July. He'd like to thank co- head coach Carl Robinson and the club for giving him this honour and the opportunity to lead the club into their historic 10th season. Pfft, 10th season. That sounded that? like that's a press a... statement there, It mate. did, didn't it? Yes. That, that's good. Yeah, Reese is a, is a decent player. I mean, yeah. you know, you don't get captain of a, a club of that size <laughs> of Middlesbrough. If no, I don't know. I think he was a better player when he was with the glory. I think he's scum now, but, you know. <laughs> Yeah, no offence if you're listening, Reese. No, yeah, we love you. Please come back and play for the glory. If yeah, that's right. Yeah, you'd be a top bloke then. Yeah. All right, well, Mick, um, for some unknown reason, is unavailable, which is slightly disappointing, but we were going to talk to him about all things North Beach. In particular, the girls' team one are having their 2022 trials uh, later on this week. That's for the under-14s the under-16s and the under-18s. And that will be Tuesday, the 9th of November, uh, Thursday, the 11th, Tuesday, the 16th, and Thursday, the 18th, from 5pm to quarter past six. And that will be at the home of North Beach, Charles Riley Memorial Reserve, Williamson Way. So if you have a daughter who Mm. fits into that age group, come on down. It's a, a great club. They are, as uh, they state quite clearly and, and with a fair amount of pride, they are a family-friendly club for males and females from grassroots to seniors, providing a pathway both socially and professionally. I mean, that's a fairly good ethic to have for any club. It, it sounds like they've grown a lot too. Now, my, my experience with North Beach was over 10 years ago, way back in the bottom tier of the state amateur leagues, Yep. Um, when I was with Leeming Strikers. And I do remember an away game to North Beach where they 
didn't have club rooms and the um, change facilities were public toilets at the time. Um, looking at their list of their teams and their squads these days, I assume they've probably got a proper clubhouse now. Yep, you'd like to hope so. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, in uh, Elizabeth Ray's area of the of the woods, and she'd be all over that, trying to get that to to, yeah. to be up to spec. Um, yeah, we were going to have a, a really good chat with him, so that you know, we're going to have to waffle on a bit. But we spoke off air about uh, one of the games that they played. Yes, in the Division One amateurs, which was away at Forestfield, and the scoreline. Hold your hats, people. The scoreline <laughs> was Forestfield five, North Beach six. I mean, you, they're old school scores. They are. They, it's, uh, whether it was one of those games just where the, the goalkeepers decided to have the day off, they decided to play as sweeper keepers, yeah. Sweeper keepers. Maybe, maybe a gentleman's agreement between the keepers at the start of the game. Look, we'll just we'll take to the field each because they all want to pop up and score a goal. We know that you know keepers are just frustrated strikers. Yeah, so. that's right. Yeah, yeah, keeper who needs them. That's right. Uh, another one that uh, Mick was going to talk to us about is that uh, Fridays at the North Beach Soccer Club from four thirty. It's happy hour, five dollar points. So, okay. so that interested me straight so away. So I'm assuming they do have a proper club room at that case, and and it's not just yeah the bar happy hour was, in the, the bar was always toilets, there, yeah. particularly with the the ground sharing they have with the North Beach Sea Eagles, the, okay. the the rugby club. So you would hope, being that they're sharing with all of their soccer teams and the rugby, yep. rugby league, that is. Uh, that, oh, I would assume if there was would, a rugby club involved, those. there's I, it's drinking It's been a involved. while since I refereed down at North Beach. Yeah. And when I was refereeing down there, a lot of the times it was uh, junior or the women. So I would rock up tracksuit, gear already on underneath because at some of the, the clubs that I used to go to, you weren't 100% sure that there were adequate changing facilities yep. Yep. Uh, available. Some clubs did. Some clubs had the doors locked, yep. and other clubs... And no one knew where the key was. No, 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 no. Frank, Frank's not here. He's got the key. Well, okay, no worries. Thank you very much. Um, so, but they always had the bar there. That was, uh, that was sensational. Now, um, the, their Division 5 under-16s team... They won the uh, the top four cup, so okay. so that, that that's sensational. These are all the things that Mick would have told us about, uh, and also the other thing we were going to have a chat to him about was the uh, performance of, of Alex Wheelhouse, who was the joint winner of the Division One Amateurs Reserves Golden Boot. Yes, so that could explain the uh, the six five situation. <laughs> he came on at halftime and he, banged. He won action. the Golden Boot in that one game, maybe. <laughs> Okay, Mick Frost is just uh, ringing me, which is fantastic because it doesn't work that way. I'm going to have to give him a call back. Um, we will be back with Mick Frost in just one moment. So stay with us. You're on 107.9 FM, Radio Fremantle. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. West Coast Futsal Association was established to develop and promote the game of futsal. With a vibrant new look and re-imaging, we are now... Futsal WA, with a dedication to capture the fast growth of the sport to all levels, Futsal WA is Futsal in Western Australia. Futsal WA provides boundless opportunities to play, with grassroots and junior leagues, pathways to academies, and elite club competitions, and representative futsal that can help you follow a dream of professional futsal in Europe or Asia. With four venues across Perth, as an individual or as a group of mates who want to play, there's a junior, men's, women's or mixed competition that will suit you. Contact us to get involved in futsal, an action-packed sport 
and the fastest growing sport in Australia. Contact us at Futsal WA on 0432 745 140 via email at info at futsalwa.org.au or via our website www.futsalwa.org.au Hi, I'm Penny Tanner-Hoth. It's season 34 for the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle. We are the longest running morphed from a sports program way back in 1987. The hosts and voices may have changed, but the content filled with passion, news, characters and history has not. The World Football Team are all volunteers and we appreciate you listening in. 2021 brings a new look with a new logo, website and podcast. Thanks for sharing the journey with us on Radio Fremantle. If you like us, become a member of the station. Find a membership form on our new website. The World Football Program. And welcome back to Radio Fremantle's The World Football Program. On the line, we have Mick Frost. Good morning, Mick. You're there, Mick. Good morning, Mick. Oh, the Finlands right. are in the system again. Yeah, that's brilliant. Sensational. All right, well, we'll, um, we will try to get Mick back. Okay, thank you. Uh, Pete, back to you. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, um, you're welcome. Staying on the North Beach subject, this is absolutely pointless trivia, but uh, I noticed it when I was checking out their uh, amateur league table. Um, and it just made me geek out. So I mentioned it to, to Huey and I'll, I'll mention it as well. So finishing in the in, in a row in the uh, first division, we had East Perth Football Club, South Perth Football Club, North Beach Football Club and Southern Spirit. So we just needed a uh, Western team in there as well. And then hopefully, hopefully we can get Mick back on. Not yet. Not yet? Okay. All right. Meanwhile... Uh, Perth Glory have lost their battle to keep their long-delayed FFA Cup qualifying match against Melbourne victory at home. So we've given up the uh, home ground advantage, unfortunately, on that one. Yeah, what a joke that was. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there were calls for the Glory to be handed a forfeit, with club owner Tony Sage vowing to refuse to play the game away from Dorian Gardens. Uh, but the forfeit calls fell on deaf ears, and Football Australia have for- forced the Glory to play at a neutral venue, which... The whole point of finishing uh, ninth as opposed to twelfth on the table was to give you home, uh, last season was to give us home ground advantage for this game. Um, the match was due to have uh, been played in Perth almost four months ago, but the competition was thrown into chaos because of COVID nineteen border closures. Although the game will be played in Adelaide on November twenty fourth, it counts as a glory home game. Uh, so it come. There we go. Maybe. Good morning, Mick. Oh, ah, it's not working. And now I've got two lines flashing. That's brilliant. Okay, thank you very much. We'll get on to it. Okay, and continuing with that, it comes four days after the Glory opened their A-League season with a home match against Adelaide United and just two days before the start of a rugged 33-day five-game road trip that begins with Western United. Uh, Glory Chief Executive Tony Pinata said the club was disappointed to lose the home game. Unfortunately, the border restrictions currently in place have made it effectively impossible for this game to be played here in WA, Pignata said. Therefore, 
in order to uphold the integrity of the competition, we have agreed to play against Melbourne victory on neutral territory in Adelaide. Uh, this is obviously very disappointing for everyone involved with Perth Glory, uh, but we hope that our members and fans will understand the club's hand has been forced by circumstances beyond its control. The winner of the Glory Victory Clash will then fla- face National Premier League's South uh, National Premier League's team South Australia. Uh, South Australian side Adelaide City in the round of 32 in the first, what is the first round of the FFA Cup proper. Meanwhile, we also have World Cup qualifying starting again this, uh, well, resuming this week with Australia hosting Saudi Arabia at Western Sydney uh, Stadium in Sydney. Um, Other games in the group will be Japan travelling to Vietnam and China hosting Oman. And I think we're going to try again with this. I'm going to try again. Good morning, Mick. Good morning, Mick. It's one of those days, isn't it? It is indeed one of those days. I know what I'm... All right. Sorry, Pete, to interrupt. cut, Cut to an ad. Oh, we will indeed cut to an ad. <laughs> uh, let's go and... All right. Okay. We'll see what's going on with this line, and we'll be back in a minute. Radio, Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Whatever you're doing wrong is what you were doing wrong last time as well, because it's, it's like it's all echoey when, when we're talking. That was, that was the same thing as last time. Want to tell a lie, cross my heart, walk to die. I'm from Wigan, I'm on his house, No, I'm not one to tell a lie, and I bet you're just like me. When the Latics went to Wembley, they came home with the FA Cup. And little Wigan are at it again, you just couldn't make it up. It's a dream come true, we do believe, it was always meant to be. And here comes Mr. Whelan singing, I'm from Wigan, me. No, I'm not one to tell a lie. Cross me heart, walk to die. I'm from Wigan, me. I'm on his house, No, I'm not one to tell a lie. And I bet you're just like me. We beat City in the final. It costs a few bob, that thing. And we've just beat them again, so we're keeping alive the dream. Now the blue and white army take on the gunners, it isn't over yet. Cos we didn't want from 2-0 down, that's a game they won't forget, oh no. I'm from Wigan B, I'm honest as can be. No, I'm not one to tell a lie, cross me heart, hope to die. I'm from Wigan B, I'm honest as can be. No, I'm not one to tell a lie, and I bet you're just like me. Well, we've had a belting run in the history of the cup. And the way the lads are playing now, well, I don't think they'll give up. Until they get back into the Premiership, that's where they long to be. 
Yes, I believe in Wigan, cos I'm from Wigan, me. I'm from Wigan, me. I'm honest as can be. No, I'm not one to tell a lie. Cross me heart, or to die. I'm from Wigan, me. I'm honest as can be. No, I'm not one to tell a lie. And I bet you're just like me. And I bet you're just like me. And I bet you're just like me. Oh, I. Fighters, we are warriors, we were born to win this game. No compassion, feel the passion, running faster through our veins. Feel the love of the world, it's our time to celebrate. Champions, we're companions, and together we'll defeat. If we want it, we can have it. We are ready to compete. Sin tu amor, tu mundo, es un momento de conmemorar. Es una hora de ser el primero. Vamos ya, vamos Estamos no topo de un mundo, somos un, un, un. Acreditamos en las mesmas, somos un, un, un. Somos grandes, somos fuertes, somos un, un, un. And panicking one more time. Mick, can you hear me? No, but we're sounding better there. We're sounding better again. Let's see what we can do here. Mick, can you hear me? Brazil, Colombia, Australia, Iran. Reach for the stars. We are one, we are one. Russia, Italy, Spain, Japan. Doesn't matter where you're from. We are one, we are We're on top of the world, we are one, one, one We believe in ourselves, we are one We are brave, we are strong, we are one, one, one We won't stop till we've won, we are one, one, one Estamos no todo mundo, somos un, un, un 
West Coast Futsal Association was established to develop and promote the game of futsal. With a vibrant new look and re-imaging, we are now Futsal WA. With a dedication to capture the fast growth of the sport to all levels, Futsal WA is Futsal in Western Australia. Futsal WA provides boundless opportunities to play with grassroots and junior leagues, pathways to academies, and elite club competitions and representative futsal that can help you follow a dream of professional futsal in Europe or Asia. With four venues across Perth, as an individual or as a group of mates who want to play, there's a junior, men's, women's or mixed competition that will suit you. Contact us to get involved in futsal, an action-packed sport and the fastest growing sport in Australia. Contact us at Futsal WA on 0432 745 140 via email at info at or via our website Gate and Fence Hardware WA is your hardware shop online. Find all the parts you need to fix, make and secure your gates and fences. Friendly staff and family offer advice to help your project along or order in your special part. Gate and Fence Hardware WA. Station Sponsor. We've had some technical support there from the wonderful Sean Kelly. Uh, Mick, can you hear me now? Yes, Jimmy. There we oh, go. Oh, sensation. Mick, I don't know what's happened there, but gee whiz, if that was the worst panicking stations <laughs> ever. It, like, never mind. Mick, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, North Beach Soccer Club, what can you tell us about them? Uh, what can I tell you about North Beach? Yes, please. Um, okay, North Beach Soccer Club, uh, it's 50 years, this year we're celebrating. So, um, it's, it's a, a well-established club, yeah. We started, uh, back in, in the early 70s. Yep, yep, we noticed that. We've, uh, 1970 was when the club was founded, and obviously the 50th anniversary was meant to be last year, but for, for a variety of different reasons, that uh, wasn't uh, able to occur. The uh, 50th anniversary ball was held at the um, the Swan, the Italian, or the, club. the Italian club. Do you, do you yes. have uh, an association with the Italians uh, in the formation of North Beach? No, no, no. It was just, uh, we were looking looking for quite a few venues to, to hold it, and um yeah, that was one of the ones that we came up with, and it, it turned out to be a very good night. It was brilliant, actually. Very good. Yeah. So, Mick, 
one of the questions we had, and it's been a while since I've, I've refereed and, and <laughs> even longer since I've refereed down at North Beach, the, the facilities you have down there, can you tell us about that? Uh, Pete was just, I'm oh, sorry, I forgot to introduce you, Pete Skilly is here yeah. with me uh, as the greatest wingman in the world and he's certainly <laughs> living up to that title for, for another week with me by not pushing the buttons correctly. Um, how are the facilities down there, mate? You share the ground with the North Beach Seagulls, is that correct? Uh, yes. Uh, well, the, the actual soccer ground's our, our own. Uh, during the, obviously during the winter, and then the cricket take over during the summer. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, the actual the, the grounds our south. We got the football, uh, the Aussie rules, which is on the the other grounds, and the rugby. But uh, yeah. The, the soccer ground itself is is ourselves, and we're we're just getting new floodlights put in now. So, oh, um, we hopefully we're going to be able to play some night games down there, which will open up some new avenues for us. Yep, that, that's uh, that sounds great. We were. Um as I said, when I was having these technical <laughs> difficulties, as is always the case with me, which I'm working through, we were talking about the uh, the girls' junior trials that are coming up. Um, how is the the women's football um, side of North Beach? Oh, it's it's massive. Mm. It's um, yeah. Look, the the ladies the ladies team. I think we've we've got three three ladies senior ladies teams now. Plus, we've got a Probably, I don't know, half a dozen um, girls' teams. So it's it's a massive, yes, yeah, oh, it's a great step forward. Yeah, what, definitely. That's brilliant. Pete? Uh, just, look, this this might be a stupid question and maybe you don't know or anything, but I'm just curious, like, looking at your uh, club website, where do the colours come from? You guys have, like, a <laughs> light blue and a maroon. It's a strange sort of combination. I've, I've never seen sort of a f- football kit like that before. Do, is that just, like, you've inherited that those colours from, you know, previous... Hey, when, when, the, when the club first established, my dad was uh, one of the founding members. Yeah. And, and they, they chose the colours from uh, West Ham. Okay. Oh, Sean Kelly would love to hear that. He's <laughs> listening right now. <laughs> Any mention of West Ham on this show, he's always happy. But one of the original, one of the original kits we wore actually came from came from England. It was the old West Ham kit. Okay. Wow. And, um, yeah. And uh, that brings back some great memories as a junior mm. wearing that kit. So it was just yeah, that's how that's how the colours come about. Yeah. Okay. So one of the other ones we were talking about um, while I was was the um, the Forestfield game. Now six five away from home. What, the keepers not turn up. What happened on that one? Well, I actually wasn't there for that one. Oh, no. No. <laughs> yeah. You're kidding! <laughs> the game of the season, and you're not there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because I'm not involved with the uh, the coaching anymore. So I'm going. Watch the home games now, but that was yeah. From from all accounts, what I've heard, that was a remarkable game. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And we've had some great results like that all season, where um, very close game. Yeah, no, we we noticed some people uh, came up with the um, with the rather remarkable statistics that you've got 
what was it, North Perth? Yeah, yeah, North Perth, Southern Spirit, and um, South Perth, and, and then obviously North Beach. It's like everyone in your league has to have, you know, a North, a South, an East, or a West in the, in the name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, were originally, we were originally called years and years ago Sterling United. Oh, okay. Um, and when we moved to Charles Riley Over, we changed our name to North Beach yep. to attract more uh, people. Back then, there was Sterling Macedonia, yeah. Sterling Panthers, Sterling uh, all sorts of, you know, so we changed our name to North Beach. And that's, yeah, that's where the name came about as well. Yeah. Brilliant. Now, as it turned out, it worked. Yep. Now, I notice you've got um, an advertisement for the uh, Futsal WA Junior Futsal uh, League, the Super League. Uh, does North Perth have their own team in that or? Are you just uh, advertising that for the fun of it? Because Greg uh, Farrell will be very happy to see that. <laughs> I, sorry, I haven't seen that, uh, Huey, to be honest with you. Is that, is that North Beach advertising that or North Beach? Yep, 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 I'm looking on the, uh, on the Facebook page uh, and they said, well, the season coming to an end. It's time to start looking for, for something new. Um, and futsal's a great option. So I was just wondering whether you had that sort of an association and were actually avid, uh, entering a, um, a North Beach side into that Super League of competition? Yes, I, I don't know, Huey. I, I can't answer that one for you. I, I haven't heard anything about that. It's unlike you to be so short of words there, Mick. What's <laughs> happening there? Yeah, I know, mate. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit like me without a beer in my hand, you know. <laughs> it's such a rarity, it never occurs. <laughs> With that in mind, the... Um, the Fridays, uh, the happy hour from 5 to 6, the $5 pints, how popular is that at the moment? It's quite good here, yeah. Look, you know, um, especially with the summer coming on, it's, um, and you yourself, you've been, like you say, you've been down at North Beach and, and been around the club rooms, and it's great. It's great down there. You know, you get out there and get the chairs out and the tables and everyone gets around and has a, has a few pints, and look, at $5, you can't grumble at that. Yeah, true. <laughs> That's true enough. Now, I noticed earlier in the season you had Frank Morietti down there doing a, uh, a referee's assistance course. Yeah, yeah. How, I, how uh, did that go? Yeah, I bumped into Frank down there. He was he had a he had a, a room full of um, young young uh, people coming through during the course, um, and. As I spoke to Frank a couple of weeks ago when uh, the refs do you, which mm-hmm. you were at. Yeah, yep. And um, he was very confident of what, you know, the, the amount of people that are attending to these things. And, um, yeah, that no, was great. It's, you know, we're, we're North Beach, as a club, we're always happy to, to encourage um, yeah, young, young people to come through and, and referee. For sure. And is that just for uh, club assistant level, or do you, did you actually have some take up the, the, the black and whites full-time? Well, um, no, that was actually, it was people, it wasn't just from the club, it was actually people that had come from um, other clubs. Wow. Or, or had heard, heard about it, and, and, Hugh, and uh, Frank had run the course. So, yeah, how many, how many people have actually gone on and, and picked up the whistle. I'm not sure, Hugh, but um, it was yeah. It's great to see always because as, as you know, Hugh, um, refereeing it's a tough job. 
<laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, and uh, but, well, someone's got to do it. Otherwise, you don't get a game. So yeah, that's, that's yeah. The... yeah well, that's, you know, that's he's probably the most important person on the pitch, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, oh without a doubt. Oh, yeah. He certainly thinks so. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, tell you that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Most people tell me to shut up about it as well. <laughs> so. The other Pete we were discussing while I was having those um, phone problems was uh, Alex Wheelhouse. Has he um, has he made much of an impact in the first team? I know he was the golden um, boot winner in the reserves. Right now, there's a there's a story about Alex. Go on, um, he he came he came to us uh, two years ago when I was coaching as a 16 year old. Right. Okay. And um, we we saw the talent. This young in this young lad. Obviously, as a sixteen-year-old, you can't throw him straight into the first team. No, um, you know because they're obviously grown men. They're going to kick him about. <laughs> well, if we've got a good referee, <laughs> that doesn't happen. If they can catch him, that is. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he, he he played in the reserves, and then we we sort of bled him into the first team. And he yes, he won the he won the golden boot, and he. He got the uh, the trophy from the club for the, I think it was the most consistent or the first and best. Wow. Yeah. And then, then he left us last year and he went and played for June Up, uh, Saturdays. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, for the under-18 State League. And he had, a, he had a good season. And then I spoke to him... Uh, just uh, probably half a dozen times since then and saw him at our presentation. And he's going to hopefully come back to North Beach because that's where he, he enjoyed his football. So oh, that's um, that's some, someone like Alex is, yeah, it's a, it's a good find. Yeah, no, and, exactly right. When you see um, players who want to come back to, to, to the club that they started at because it is such a, a friendly environment. You, yeah, um, and, you, as I said, you, you, you pride yourself at North Beach of being a, a, a family-friendly club. And um, as I said to Pete earlier, that uh, that, that you uh, welcome males and females uh, from grassroots all the way up to senior and provide a pathway for both socially and professionally. Hmm. That is that is a wonderful thing for any club to have, but to actually go ahead and, and, and promote and, and actively pursue those, uh, those beliefs is sensational. Yes. Yeah, we um, that's that that is what something we do pride ourselves on is it's a family club. Um, you know, obviously every club wants to to head higher and and try and get into the the state league, obviously. Um, but yeah, we we're all about juniors and promoting juniors and trying to get them in. You know, keep them at the club and get them into the senior levels. Yeah, for sure. That's wonderful. Well, mm. just before we let you go, Mick, and thank you very much for talking to us about North Beach, um, the women's senior team, are they still looking for goalkeepers? Are you interested, Huey? A <laughs> uh, couple of things I can think of immediately that wouldn't uh, allow me to qualify. But, uh, I, I, I won't go too far into it, but I've only got one knee now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, it's, it, look, the, the ladies' teams are always uh, on the hunt for new players. So, yeah, I mean, if uh, I spoke to Kevin, who uh, who coaches the ladies' team, and he he had a goalkeeper a few years ago, and he said, look, um, 
she could play in the seniors men's team. She was that good. Okay. She was uh, I think she was from Switzerland or somewhere wow. like that. Yes. And it he, he said she was that good he you know, he should straight into the first team. So get her down to the glory. Hmm. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um but yeah, we're always on the hunt for new players down there, so yes, definitely, Huey, um any any ladies that want to come down. Brilliant. Um, like we say, it's a, it's a great club, so yep. yeah. So, as I say, Mick, we, we, we need to let you go because I'm behind the eight ball now due to the, uh, yeah, pressing the buttons in the wrong order, obviously. Uh, so, all, all those that are interested, get yourself down to Charles Riley Reserve. Um, if Mick's there, he'll be uh, he'll be more than happy to, to help you out. And if you do wish to join the club, please make yourself known to, to the players down there or just rock on down there to Friday night and get those $5 pints. Yep. That's it. That's the one, Hugh. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you very much for your time, Mick. We look forward to chatting with you during the season next year, and uh, you have a great day. Thanks, you. Thanks very much. Thanks, no Mick. worries. Thank Good you very much. Michael Frost from the North Beach Soccer Club. Um, wonderful. Yeah. yeah, and it's good to focus on the... Um Lower, and I don't say that in a bad way, but the lower league clubs, you know, we, we obviously spend a lot of time with yes, various NPL sides, so yep. it's good to see what's happening in the amateur leagues as well. Well, again, um, I mean, Mick um, reached out and, and said, look, you know, we, we've been around for 50 years, yeah. and I thought, well, yeah, well why, why are we not? We're the World Football Program. Obviously, we have that uh, WA focus, so let's, uh, let's have that WA focus of all tiers of the pyramid. Yep. So, fantastic to hear from Mick. All right, we'll take a quick break and hopefully we'll be back after that with Tash Rigby from Perth Glory. You're on 107.9 Radio Fremantle, World Football Programme. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. I can't imagine what it was like. In thick boots and hand-me-down jerseys with their hand-sewn crests. Chasing heavy leather balls, selling from baking stalls, all to play for the green and gold. I wonder, could they ever imagine that 11 would be joined by tens of thousands, by millions in stadiums and in front of lounge room screens, capturing the hearts and the minds of a nation, powering tomorrow's dreams, role models, Visible and renowned, loved and adored, in Australian homes and across the shores. As a Matilda, I've been part of something special. From dreams and hope, and now to watch the growth. We've sacrificed, but they sacrificed to the extreme extent. Their shoulders broad, holding the aspirations of their generation and the next. And now we will continue on the path set by them, the fans, along with our brothers who we share the coat of arms, and all those who will continue the legacy set before us. Gate and Fence Hardware WA is your hardware shop online. Find all the parts you need to fix 
make and secure your gates and fences. Friendly staff and family offer advice to help your project along or order in your special part. Gate and Fence Hardware WA. Station sponsor. G'day. I'm Peter Skeeler, the man behind A-LeagueStats.com and part of the World Football Team for 2021. Joining me this year will be women's football expert Penny Tannehoe, Ashfield Sports Club member Sean Kelly, Subutio expert Hugh Best and Junior Matilda's goalkeeper Miranda Templeman. We will be with you every Saturday morning through to the end of November talking football. Catch the show on live stream or via our new website, listen in later on the podcast or land on our Facebook page and share your football news. The World Football Program on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. And welcome back to Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. And Pete shaking his head, which probably indicates that the phone's not working again. Natasha Ridby, can you hear me? Thanks, Pete. <laughs> You've jinxed that one. I will get Tash back on the line in just one moment. Okay, and in the meantime, we've got an article here from Soccer Scene that the A-League supporter numbers are growing, but 2 million football fans are still attached. Obviously, one of the dramas facing the A-League that perhaps other sports in Australia don't face is is what we call the Euro snobs, where, you know, someone will follow a team, maybe even be a fanatical football follower from uh, Europe, but, but will refuse to follow the local leagues. Um, although before we go to that article, I think we're going to have another go getting Tash Rigby on the phone. Good morning, Tash. Can you hear me? Yes. There we oh, go. Oh, my goodness. I, I reckon one day I'll get all these buttons pressed <laughs> in the right order first time, but that's not likely to happen anytime soon. Tash, sorry about that particular issue uh, earlier on. How are you this morning? I'm great, thanks. How are you guys? Yeah, well, as I said off, uh, off air, I am sweating, but that, <laughs> that, that's down to my mistakes, nothing else. Tash, reappointed as club captain. You must be super excited about that, hey? I am. I'm so, so incredibly excited and honestly, like, so honoured and grateful to be given the opportunity to captain for the third season. So, yes, I'm elated. <laughs> cool. Nice. Uh, so, how is pre-season going, Tash? Good. I literally just came off the field. We just had a massive um, inter intracub game this morning, so it was a full ninety minutes. So I'm absolutely knackered, but feeling <laughs> really, really good about it because it was a great first hit out. So yes, it's been amazing. We've had a pretty full on preseason so far. Um, we've definitely been put through our paces, um, but it's all worth it to be uh, probably one of the fittest teams, hopefully, in the league this year. So how is it to have a full pre-season under Alex? It must be, um, must be great to be able to get that groundwork going so that you can get the gameplay and the style that he would have been looking for last season in place very early. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he and the team have put in so much hard work behind the scenes in the lead into pre-season. And it's so evident in literally everything we do, every drill um, is all contributing to a greater, a greater meaning. And so, yeah, Alex has a really incredible vision for this year and for the team and so it's awesome to be able to see that put into place. He, yeah, he's so passionate and so fantastic. We're really grateful to have him. Oh, that's, um, 
So I'm, I'm a little bit behind the eight ball here. The last I think I'd heard was that Alex wasn't over here. He's still trying to get back. So presumably he is actually physically in Western Australia now at last. Is that right? He is. Okay, yes. good. He's not just... He's not taking pre-season from a screen behind yeah. the screen. <laughs> Skyping it, yeah. Zoom pre-season. That'd be great. Pre-se- Coach yelling from Zoom. Dad, Dad. <laughs> Can't hear him. <laughs> <laughs> Tash, last uh, season we had a, a fair amount of um, uh, Kiwis I- involved in the squad. Um, you know, with particularly with Lily Alfeld, uh, she had a great season. Uh, have we been able to get many of those back? Uh, at least with Anton, is she she back in the squad? Yes, yeah, we have Liz back. She literally came in um, out of quarantine on Monday and has been training this week, and she's made such a difference. She's absolutely such a solid defender and such a great person so it's been awesome to have her back in the squad um lily will be playing for wellington this yeah, year yeah. which is absolutely fantastic we'll definitely miss her she was phenomenal for us last year but yeah hopefully she won't be as good <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we we'll were saying the same going. thing about miranda at, at, at adelaide yeah we, we wish her all the best just not against us that's right <laughs> exactly right <laughs> that's it. uh now Kat Yukich, she retired, but uh, is on the coaching staff. How's she running the, sh- the ship there? She must be giving a, yeah. everybody a bit of an earful. Yeah, <laughs> if you know Kat. Well, if we you know, know Kat. Kat. <laughs> but yeah, she, she's really like slipped into this role so perfectly. She's the perfect person for the job because <clears throat> she has such a wide and extensive range of knowledge about the game and obviously her experience speaks volumes, but she also has really taken a lot of young players under her wing and she's great with her instructions and her communication. So, yeah, we're so grateful to have her on board this year. I love Kat a bit. So excited to be working with her. <clears throat> Brilliant. So the, the the younger players, so we're talking, what, Abby Green and Hannah Lowry, mm. th- those, those sorts of players? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Both of those players, along with players like Tian McKenna and Bella Wallhead, who are both locals as well and yep. they've all come through the NTC system um, and it's been really special to be able to watch their journey going from um, train on to then breaking into the squad and then even into the starting 11 so it's just epic to see these girls really blossom and bloom as players and as people as well that's good to hear now Kat at, uh, sorry Kat I've got Kat you could on the brain there <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that Tash that's alright um, yeah like I said I've got a few things going through the head none of it's uh, good at the moment uh, we, we noticed that um, away from football you, you're doing a, a great deal of work with the Indigenous Australians uh, do you want to tell us about that oh yeah that was that was a while ago now that was from a charity I was just raising money for um Maybe three or four years ago, yeah. For one of I was ra- I ran a marathon, and in the lead up to that, I raised some money for the Indigenous Literacy Charity, which is a fantastic charity. They work with remote um, rural Australians to help um, the community kind of <clears throat> develop and put their stories, their cultural stories, and their ancestral stories into storybooks and put them on paper so they're able to keep them and pass them down through the generations. <laughs> Brilliant. Tash, do we still expect the season to kick off on the 4th of December? Yeah, definitely. We're, that's when our, we're hoping our first game will be um, against Brizzy. So, yeah. fingers crossed that one goes ahead. It just all depends on what happens with the border situation. But, yeah, we're um, planning as though that one will be our first game. It, it does look like there's still 
some things up Ooh. in the air because looking at the fixture list, your first game you're at, we're at home to uh, Brisbane, and then our second game we're away to Brisbane. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna I was <laughs> gonna ask you about that. I mean, that's you know the whole point of a home and away system is that you play teams with a fair gap in between. So, yeah. you know, Brisbane could have, hopefully, fingers crossed, all their star players out injured and we get them at a good time. Yep. Or they could have all their star players in and we get them at a bad time. Um, yeah. That's that's not going to happen throughout the whole season, to your knowledge, is it, uh, Tash? No, I don't think so. I think that's just the start. Um, I think because, obviously, they created those pictures back when there was a lot of uncertainty mm, yeah. um, and they just wanted to get as many games as they could, um, organise as early as they could. But, yeah, I don't think it'll be like, like that throughout the entire thing. Yeah, currently there's only four fixtures uh, listed, so yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm assuming got, that they're going to Yeah, no, I, got that. I thought, it, again, with my techn- uh, in- internet skills that I was doing something wrong, which, <laughs> which wouldn't have surprised me. Yeah, I could only find the four as well. So you've got, uh, uh, as we say, the home game against the Raw. Uh, where were they home games to be played? Is that going to be at Fremantle Oval? I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> no, no, I couldn't find that one either. I don't know. I, and was that where the training was this morning? No, we're just training out of a ground in Claremont at the moment, but that's just where there's no stadium here or anything. So I'm not sure where they're going to be basing us for our home games. That's yet to be decided. Oh, that's, yeah, I mean, obviously every club around the world wants a home ground advantage, but if yeah. you're unsure where your home's <laughs> going to be, it's a little difficult to become familiar with those surroundings. Yes, that's correct. Okay. <laughs> but there's not much we can do about it, so... <laughs> 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 no, no, we can wait for that uh, home of football to come in and we'd, uh, we'll know exactly where you're playing that's every, right, yeah. every day home game. That's it, very exciting. Now, can you tell us, uh, uh, has Alexia come back to the to the club? Is she she going to be playing? No, I don't think Lex um, is coming back this season. I'm not sure if she'll be coming on board with any of the other teams, but I think she decided to take a little bit of a break from football um, for the time being. So, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, hopefully she'll be back the following season, but, yeah, I'm not entirely sure about that one. So, what, more just a, a rest and recuperation and, uh, and reset? That's it. Concentrating on her studies this year? Is, is that what we think? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, well, she'll be a big miss. Yeah, I, I did enjoy mm. watching her. Um, but never mind. You know, one out, one in. That's right. We, we, we do with what we have. Um, <laughs> who's going to be b- between the sticks? <laughs> the, the number one choice in, in, in your mind, Tash? We've got, um, we've got Morgs back. Yeah, I know we fantastic. do. So she obviously was playing for Brisbane last year. Mm-hmm. It was so amazing to be able to secure her back with us. So epic um, to have her home. And then we've also got Courtney Newborn coming in as well. So both really, really strong keepers. And I think it'll be a really epic battle um, yeah. for them to for the number one spot. So really excited to see how that goes. And she's, yeah, no. So she's back from Brisbane to play for the glory. And then we first two games are against Brisbane. Yeah, I know. Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that crazy? <laughs> even think about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I, that's why i was asking because that's a strong keeper lineup um obviously you, you think we're going to get first crack at it but um yeah to have that pressure from your number two or in mm. air brackets number mm. two yeah it's going to be going to be a battle there between the sticks that's for sure what else can you tell us about... Uh, oh, no, we were going to talk about the the Matildas, weren't we, Pete? Yes, we were. Yeah. So did you catch the games against Brazil, Tash? Did I catch the games? Yeah. 
Yeah, they were absolutely amazing, weren't they? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah unbelievable. Um, the 3-2, the, the oh, sorry, yeah. the 3-1, 3-1, the first game. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah it was the 3-1 so and the 2 yeah. How good was that? You must have been, you know, like, like myself, super excited to see um, Marta play. would love to have seen oh. her play in the flesh. <laughs> Isn't she just the most amazing woman? Like, she wears, like, this bright red lipstick. <laughs> yes. I'm like, this, this woman is unstoppable. Like, she is the epitome of, like, like female force. Like, she's just, like, so epic. I am just obsessed with her. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> it was so awesome to see our players play so well against them. And, like, to be able to see such um, young players crack into the squad as well, like Cooney Cross and Fowler, and, like, the impact that they both had on the game was just so awesome. It's, it was good to see the girls playing with, like, some real flair and some real spark. Like, it was so exciting. Yeah, now, Sean and I were talking about Morgan, uh, Mary Fowler last week. Mm. Um, just unbelievable. It, 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 you know, you, you look to see where the next superstars are coming from. You think, geez, I hope we get them. And it's like, yeah. there she is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, with the US coming up... Um, what do you think the Matildas' chances are there? Because, again, as Sean and I discussed last week, it's, it's a rarity that um, any team in the world goes into a game against Brazil as favourites, which mm. we did, yeah. and then to back that up against the US, what, four or five-time World Cup winners, and to think, well, the Matildas are favourites there as well. Yeah, uh, amazing. Like, Yeah, yeah. Oh, Pete's Pete's got that doubtful face on. We're favourites of that one, aren't we, Tash? Favourites in our favourites in our heart. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, yeah, if I if I put my you know Australia hat on, yes, of course, of course, we're favourites. I'm trying to be a bit objective here. I'm like, really? Uh, yeah. No, I'm 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 dead I think, serious. I think if we're not favourites, it makes it more exciting when we do beat them. So. <laughs> yeah, but if, if you look at their performance, like in uh, especially coming off the Olympics, yeah, and and how well we did, and how. Unfortunately, the U.S. Um, got knocked off, off their perch, but it's maybe a time for us to be, like, to strike, you know? Yeah. Like, when, yeah. obviously, they haven't been um, performing up to their usual standards, even though their the standard they're performing at now is absolutely phenomenal, it's still, like, a time for us to really to really strike and make our mark. So, yeah, I think I think we'll do really well again. Yeah, I mean, most nations have that, that cycle of we're at the top of our our potential, and then it's a reset. So I'm of the opinion that maybe the US are on the downside. But yep. Yeah, they're, they're a nasty... Are you, are you, even the US on the downside is still pretty Well, that's pretty right. Dangerous. And I think they, they do that four-year cycle. Like, let's peak at the right time when it comes to World Cups, which they did, Yeah, uh, you know, in 2019. But um, mm-hmm. hopefully they won't do in 2023. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Ash, what, what do you see as uh, as coming out of that 2023 bid for women's soccer in this state? Yeah, it's so exciting to be a part of women's football at the moment because there really does seem to be a bit of <clears throat> momentum and a bit of buzz and a bit of hype around everything, especially coming off the Olympic campaign as well. And it was just, it's so amazing to see the way that Australia is getting behind the Matildas and really rallies behind them as well. And like, I remember what, seeing the viewing numbers of those games and it's just so, it's like almost like, so heartwarming. Mm. And I think being being uh, in the position that I'm in and 
being able to be a role model for young girls and looking at the Matildas and how visible these role models are for our young players, boys and girls at the moment. It's so different to the place that we were in 10 years ago, you know, like to be able to see these strong female footballers on the front and back of newspapers for, for young players to look up to, especially heading into such an exciting time. It's such a critical time for us to be able to leverage that in um, increasing participation across the grassroots level as well. So, yeah, hopefully it can, can do all of those things and we can get behind our girls for the upcoming campaign. Yep, and obviously before the world, uh, before the go. women's World Cup, uh, early next year, very early next year, we have the uh, Asian AFC Cup. Asian Cup, mm. which uh, Australia's already qualified for, and we're seeded number one in the group against Thailand, Indonesia, and most interestingly of all, Philippines, who will be coached by Alan Stajic. Oh, that's that. Controversial. <laughs> yeah, so um, I didn't know that. Well, wow. oh. I was going to, I was going to ask you what you thought of that, but I think we kind of <laughs> got the answer straight away. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't so, know. That, in, that, that would be very interesting. But 24th yeah, of so January. Exciting. 24th of January, it's uh, Philippines versus Australia in Mumbai, and that'll be, um, well, grudge match, perhaps. Yeah. Oh, that's my birthday. <laughs> Hopefully we can get the win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just for you, Tash, I'm sure we can organise uh, we, it. We, we specially sorted the, uh, the fixture for your birthday, too. Yeah. I knew you would have. No, that's really exciting. And, yeah, just another opportunity for us to get behind the girls. Yeah. Yeah, and, and traditionally the, the Matildas do quite well at the Asian Cup. They've uh, passed winners and been to the uh, to the final, I think, five times. I can give you an yeah, answer, surely. Yeah, no, we're looking forward to that. Fantastic. Yeah. Tash, anything else you want to uh, have a chat to us about? Uh, how's your drumming going? How's my what? Your drumming? When you would... You would Practicing the drums? Definitely not a drummer. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were doing the practicing the drums last time we spoke. No, definitely not. I wish I was. Oh, well, <laughs> okay. You've confused her with someone else, haven't you? Possibly. <laughs> this is not Cat, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, despite uh, me making that error earlier. <laughs> Oh, yeah, good. It was so good to speak to you guys. No, no, it's always our pleasure, and we certainly appreciate the support you give to our show, and we wish you all the best in the upcoming season, and go well. Thank you so much, guys. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, Tash. Natasha Rigby, the newly reappointed captain of the, what is it, Pete? The Matildas? No. Oh, Perth, sorry, Perth, Perth Glory. <laughs> A-League women. A-League women. I've got to get my head around yep. that particular handle on that because I was going to say the W-League again, and that's not right. A-League women's side. And, and you're completely correct. Australia, the, the Matildas have an astounding record in the AFC oh, yeah. Cup, since, since obviously since uh, Australia joined Asia. Uh, since 2006, there's been one, two, three, four, five finals, of which we've competed in four of them and won one of them. So... Oh, okay. So there you go. So one win, three runners-up, and also a fourth place as well. We've never failed to make... Uh, since 2006, we've made every semi-finals. And we'll do it again. Let's hope so. Well, we were going through the... Um, through the, the, the... The fixtures, the, the, yeah. The, the wall chart. Yep. And, uh, yeah, we, we're pretty sure... We should... Well, you'd, the you'd quarterfinal might we'd be, win that group. Yeah, yeah. The quarterfinal might be Australia versus Japan. Yeah. And that, that would be a tricky, tricky fixture, but... Um, 
again, the, the way that it lines up, it's either going to be the Matildas against Japan or South Korea. Yeah, so assuming assuming we were to win the group, so obviously no guarantees in football, so let's let's not delude ourselves, but you'd, you'd hope, you'd expect, you expect's probably reasonable, that in a group with Thailand, Philippines and Indonesia, Australia should finish top. Yep. And if so, we'll play the second place team in Group C. The four teams there are Japan, South Korea, Vietnam and Myanmar. Yeah. Um, yeah, you'd expect either Japan or South Korea to be second there. Although, like like we were saying also off air, don't discount Vietnam. They're a team on the rise. Yeah, yeah they've been sinking a fair amount of money into their grassroots uh, programs. Yeah. And... And even in the men's side, we were saying they're in they're in the Socceroos qualifying right. group. Uh, they are bottom of the group, mm-hmm. but this is their first time ever through to the final round of qualifying. Normally, they sort of get knocked out in the really early rounds. So, yep. you know, they're they're a team. Like I say, there's a it's a big population and it's a big soccer mad population, and it's a it's a country that's you know becoming more wealthy. Uh, on the rise, and you know, I think we can expect to see Vietnam to get stronger over the years in both men's and women's football. Exactly right. Yep. 100% correct there, Pete. We're going to go to a break, and provided I can get things to work <laughs> as they should, we'll be back on air after that with Anastasio Pazasavikas, or Tazzy, as most people know him, and he's going to talk to us about his journey from futsal to the international world of futsal. Stay with us. You're on 107.9 FM Radio Fremantle's The World Football Programme. 107.9 FM, your local station. 107.9 FM. Hi, I'm Miranda Templeman. The world is a little different to what we saw right now. We may be learning to play football with our mates online, keep in touch through FaceTime, and watch classic matches on Share TV. One thing that won't change is being able to listen to the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle. Your World Football team are in the studio every Saturday from 10am to 12pm. We appreciate your support. Stay safe, Australia. We're all in this together. Oh, give me land, lots of land under starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Oswest Fencing and Rotaian. Are you looking to build or replace your gates or fencing? The Oswest team can offer four generations of advice, materials and kit assemblies for your unique fence and gate project. We specialise in colour bond, aluminium, steel and timber gates. Check out our galleries at oswestfencing.com.au That's A-U-S-W-E-S-T fencing.com.au Don't fence me in Gate and Fence Hardware WA is your hardware shop online. Find all the parts you need to fix, make and secure your gates and fences. Friendly staff and family offer advice to help your project along or order in your special part. Gate and Fence Hardware WA. Station sponsor. Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. And welcome back to Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM, the World Football Program. Joining us now is Anastasios Parthavikas. Tazzy, how are you this morning? Good, Kiwi. How are you? Wow. You wouldn't <laughs> believe the smile on my dial, mate. So nice of you to join us. So, a pleasure. Futsal. How did you get into yeah. it? And. Uh, 
Yeah, basically, I was uh, I started playing off at Bassendean back in the young days. Yep. Um, then I became injured constantly, so someone decided to say try refereeing. Yep. So I gave refereeing a shot in the outdoor, 11 aside. That was in year 2000. Then from 2004, I was approached by Arma Dizna, who was a mentor during my outdoor season. Yep. And he was running the futsal combat Lords Recreation Centre in Subiaco. Brilliant. So then, so then I um, got into that. And then in 2008, about that, I got into the uh, pro futsal. And then from pro futsal, I just recently joined the futsal WA with Greg. And yeah, through that journey, I've been invited to the US World Championships three times in 2015, 2016, and 2019. And I've also gone to the Nationals in 2013. Yep. So, yeah, it's been a long journey. World Championships, you say, Tassie? Yeah, the World Championships, yeah, in America, in the US, in Orlando. So, can you explain to us the difference between the World Championships and the World Cup, which was recently held? Um, the World Championships is more of a... It's more of a youth, youth kind of place, not the elite players. It's more like the step below World okay. Cup. Yep. Okay. Now... So, did, did you happen yeah. to catch any of the uh, the World Cup recently? I mean, that was uh, oh, yeah. Kazakhstan. Uh, I mean, how the hell does Kazakhstan make the semi-finals? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, you, I mean, these Asian teams you can't you can't knock them off. I mean, these Asian teams are big big surprises. So, yeah. and in the future they'll be quite strong in the in the coming future. Mm-hmm. Now. Australia didn't have any representation at mm. that World Cup. Do they have representations at the World Championships? Yeah, they did from um, Gold Coast. Oh, okay. okay. So it's uh, the the World Championships more a, a club base, not a nation base. Yeah, it's more it's more of a club base. Yeah, because in 2015 there was a great team called Nutukama, and then in 20, 2016 there was a team from the Gold Coast. Okay. Yep. And when I went 2019, there was a team from the Gold Coast as well. Okay. Wow. So, do you, do you see Australia re, um, revamping their, their futsal international campaign? Because I there was so. uh, a few issues with the uh, governing bodies mm. as to why Australia yeah, didn't have... Yeah, that's what it is. It's issues with the funding with the governing body and, and I'm hoping that... Uh, with Federations, FA and all that, they can sort sort that stuff out, so. Right, so f- funding as, is always the, the, the biggest issue that, that um, any sport has anywhere around the, yeah. around the globe. Yeah. And, and football in particular, we've got a lot of teams, you know, men's, women's, juniors, futsals, etc., um, you know, that they're responsible for, I guess, flying around the world. Yeah. Because yeah. I think what's happening is the years, years in time, there was funding for the futsal, and then after a few, after a couple, two, three years, then the funding got taken away from the futsal. Yeah. And then that futsal just basically just 
bolted. Yeah, it did. It just seemed to fizzle out, didn't it? Yeah. So they're trying to get it back up and running again, so... So when it was running uh, through the FFA, I noticed that you went to the National Futsal Championships in 2013. 2013, yeah. Can you tell us about that, please? Oh, no, that was good. Uh, that was in Canberra. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I went there with... Uh, back then, there was, uh, we've got a preferred futsal referee called Chris Colley. Right. And so I went over there with Chris Colley as a WA futsal referee. And I did a few games over there, and it was quite interesting and quite um, learned a bit of stuff from there, so yeah. which made my game better here. Tez, Tez, one of my favourite questions I like to ask referees um, yeah. is just, what's the most obscure rule you've ever had to sort of oh. pull out when someone's, um, you know, something's happened on the pitch and... and it's a sort of rule that you know no one knows, even the self-proclaimed experts. Yeah, like the the, the Sunderland Liverpool beach ball incident. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. but, what, uh, no, but there's, there's things like um, the two touch rule in futsal where a lot of a lot of the spectators don't know that once the keeper releases the ball, they can't have another touch until the opposition touches the ball. Until the opposition uh, touches the ball. Like that, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you can't. So he can't roll it out to a defender, and the defender play it back to the keeper. That's right. Yeah. Until okay. another. Until the opposition team touch the ball. Okay. So that. How often does that happen? So you could roll oh, it out to, to to your team. They go on a on, on an attack. So the keeper's not allowed to touch it un, until. Until wow, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. So I've never refereed futsal before. I mean, uh, way back yeah. when I was doing the the indoor fiver side, which had different rules. Yeah, yeah. But uh, futsal, it's um, it's it's interesting. Mm. It's, I could see how that would definitely be a rule that uh, you know someone that's used to watching outdoor football, yeah. sort of comes down and and you've blown the whistle because you know <laughs> keepers rolled it out and played it and they've played it back to the keeper and you're like the the fan would be like, well, what's going on? Of course you can do that. I mean, that rule is quite good because it makes the, it makes the game quick and fast. Yeah, yeah, I guess it forces you so, to yeah. attack. Yeah. So. Well, Tazzy, I was having a few issues, so we're going to have to cut this short. I've got some interstate uh, guests who are giving me the message going, <laughs> where are you? <laughs> oh, okay. uh, unfortunately, they don't know the issues I've been having, <laughs> so I've, uh, you know... I did actually schedule you for a, a shorter break. I thought you were refereeing and were taking a break out of uh, out of your refereeing this morning. But uh, no, I'm, I'm, current, I'm currently at um, Craigie Aquatic Centre with my daughter. Yeah, uh, right. doing, doing the family stuff. So yeah, and you'll be refereeing later on this afternoon. Is that correct? Yeah, this, this afternoon. Yeah, at three thirty. Yep. So uh, all those that are listening, you go, Tazzy, heard you on the radio. You are sensational. <laughs> And you can go, oh, yeah, I know, oh. I'm international. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Taz, I really do appreciate you picking up the phone, uh, particularly when it works. And we look forward to ta- catching up with you again very, very soon in the future. Not a problem, anytime. Thank you very much, Taz. Thanks, Enjoy Taz. Enjoy your day thank and you. have a thank good you, time mate. on the field this afternoon. Uh, thank you. Thanks, mate. Ta-da. Thank you. Bye. Anastasio Patasavikas. So all of those out there who just know him as Tazzy, that's the reason why. Yeah. I had to actually uh, ask him for the correct spelling. <laughs> I said, uh, I'm pretty sure I've got it pretty close, Tazzy, but um, 
Yeah, and I had a look. There's so many, so many letters in there. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah I'm not in a position to talk when it comes to lots of, <laughs> well, lots no, of consonants. You in don't your have last that name. many letters in your name, though, Pete. <laughs> no, true. Uh, and obviously, Taz has the um, the Greek heritage there, and is a huge fan of Olympiakos. Yeah, he um, was lucky enough when we get get Taz back on the uh, on the airways. We'll have a chat to him about his time when he went to the uh, Champions League to watch Olympiakos in their home stadium, and he was lucky to get out of there alive. So he tells me, <laughs> excellent. And he was wearing the home colours as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we will be back after this short break with the authors of the excellent Be My Guest, Lucas J. Gillard and Jason Goldsmith, and they'll be talking to us about the guest players who have played for your club, possibly, including George Best, Alan Ball, Bobby Moore, Moore, Mickey Shannon. We'll have a chat to these people very, very shortly and uh, find out how they got to be in that position to write a book about such a subject. Stay with us. You're on 107.9 FM, Radio Fremantle's The World Football Program. 107.9 FM, your local station. West Coast Futsal Association was established to develop and promote the game of futsal. With a vibrant new look and re-imaging, we are now Futsal WA. With a dedication to capture the fast growth of the sport to all levels, Futsal WA is Futsal in Western Australia. Futsal WA provides boundless opportunities to play with grassroots and junior leagues, pathways to academies and elite club competitions and representative futsal that can help you follow a dream of professional futsal in Europe or Asia. With four venues across Perth, as an individual, or as a group of mates who want to play, there's a junior, men's, women's, or mixed competition that will suit you. Contact us to get involved in futsal, an action-packed sport, and the fastest growing sport in Australia. Contact us at Futsal WA on 0432 745 140 via email at info at futsalwa.org.au or via our website www.futsalwa.org.au Hi, I'm Miranda Templeman. The world is a little different to us all right now. We may be learning to play football with our mates online, keep in touch through FaceTime and watch classic matches on Share TV. One thing that won't change is being able to listen to the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle. Your World Football team are in the studio every Saturday from 10am to 12pm. We appreciate your support. Stay safe, Australia. We're all in this together. Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. And welcome back to the World Football Program. Joining us on the line now is Lucas J. Gillard and Jason Goldsmith, the co-authors of the superb book, Be My Guest, Football Superstars in Australia. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Good morning, oh, you. You did that on purpose, didn't you? I told you off air what uh, what issues I was having. You had that little pause there. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd messed it up again. Gentlemen, wonderful book. Can you tell us how it came about, please? Well, um, yeah, Lucas and I went to the inaugural Football Writers Festival, which was held in, um, in Jamboree in New South Wales uh, a couple of years now. And we drove from Melbourne to... Um, to Jamboree, it was about 12 hours in the car, so we had a few, time, uh, a few hours to chat over a few things, and I 
had previously interviewed Tony Dorigo, um, the Australian that played uh, football for England. Yep. And he told me when he was at Adelaide City how much he was um, hanging off Justin Fashionu. And I looked into it, and Fashionu was a guest player. And then yes, he was. Luke and I were chatting all the way through on the drive, and we came up with just a, a, a heap of players. And I thought, this is a really good idea. We could, we could do something with this. Yeah, that's brilliant. I mean, I'm lucky enough to have been raised in Adelaide, and I saw Justin Fashion who played for West Adelaide. Mm. You know, well, there's another story there with uh, with Justin and his life, but some of these players that uh, that we've seen guesting, some of I've never even heard of. I mean, Gianfranco Zola. Um, the surprising thing is that a player of that stature didn't get much of a mention over here in the West when mm. he did guest in Australia. Do you think there's a reason for that or do you just lack of publicity? Oh, I think lack of publicity. The Zola one was interesting because that came to us late because we had pretty much decided on the players we were going to write about. We, we, we cut off a few. We decided sort of, you know, anything more than a dozen games doesn't really count as a guest. That's more of a marquee. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. Um, saw that uh, Zola had played in Sydney. I didn't even know about it. He's been investigating. And, yeah, I'm not sure I got too much publicity outside of the uh, the Italian Sydney community for that one. Yeah. Now, you've got a section in your book called Personalities. <laughs> That's with a TH, not an S. Um, can you tell us about some of those guest players that, that happened to, to, to grace our, our shores this side of the country? Well, hopefully my in-laws are listening because uh, my wife's from Perth. And so uh, I took on a little bit of that. She's actually from Kelmscott. Right. Yeah. And um, so I had a look and discovered that Sir Trevor Brooking had played for Kelmscott in the mid-1980s. <laughs> that's just amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. They were like NPL 2, and he's a guy that was knighted that just scored a, a winning FA Cup goal for West Ham and represented England. <laughs> so I looked into it a little bit more, and, um, yeah, there was a heap in, I think it's the ex-English the expat English population of Perth. So yeah. I looked into Mick Shannon and Ted McDougall and Alan Ball and Trevor Brooking and then and then Lucas looked at, uh, at Bobby Charlton and, and George Best. It was just amazing that they all played in WA. Yeah, a couple of Ballon d'Or winners there. Um, obviously, Charlton and Best had a, had a wonderful time in, in Perth in 67 and on the kind of famous Manchester United tour. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're both eager to, eager to get back. Yeah, one that... Um most people here may know that the Bobby Moore experiment. Uh, reading through your book, uh, Jimmy Pearson, when first training session went, oh, we're in trouble here uh, at Englewood United, <laughs> with Bobby Moore being, in his words, finished. <laughs> um, he then had to go to um, the, the chairman of the club and go, look, we're going to lose. And they went, no, no, Bobby Moore's playing. And they went, yeah, we're going to lose. Well, am I going to get the boot? It, that, that's surprising that uh, a, a player of, of that stature would, um, would find himself in that position to be, you know, guesting for, um, for Inglewood, Rockingham, and the club close to where I live, Krakowia. Uh, Pete's got uh, some Polish uh, mm-hmm. uh, background, and he said they were a huge club in the day, but you look at that ground now and you think, Bobby Moore played here. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, I, I think um, so. So I looked up after the Bobby Moore stuff. So he wasn't um, he wasn't very good with money. So there's a story with a few of these guest players that um, they came over for pocket money, and obviously um, to guest star for a couple of the local Perth teams, it's quite um, for them financially. It's worth the trip over. So um, yeah, the fact that he played a couple games for Kiev and then Jimmy Pearson said, "No, nah, I've got to get rid of him," and he dropped down a division and went all the way out to play for Rockingham. <laughs> and then the 
the Krakovia one, he actually met them on an overseas tour. So he didn't actually play in Perth, but he oh, played okay. for right. the Perth club in Malaysia on a tour there. But I did notice that Krakovia, the junior club there, um, they all their captains were number six in uh, in reference to Bobby Moore having played for them. I did not know that. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. Now, yeah. George Best, playing for Osborne Park. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. Um, well, he was he was touring the country pretty much in 1983, and he'd been signed to play for Brisbane in the in the NSL. Uh, he ended up playing four games, um, and then was kind of you know in the country, and clubs were approaching him, and um, you know he, much like uh, uh, Bobby Moore, he needed the money, wanted the money, and um, was able to earn the money basically. So he he played in in South Australia as well, and, and also um, for Osborne Park. Yeah, no, I've got a George Best story. He he came out uh, a few years after that as well and was playing uh, a game at Elizabeth City and uh, the announcement comes over the radio, as it always does. Uh, is anyone in the crowd a referee? We're short of one. <laughs> and, of course, I put the uh, pint of Guinness that I was halfway through down on the ground, rushed on down, and I was lucky enough to run the line for a game that George Best was playing in. It was oh, one of the highlights of my refereeing career. Did you flag him offside? <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, and Pete, Pete said this story every time he, he, he comes in. I, I flagged him offside, and he came across and he goes, they've not come to see you. Don't do that again. I said, George, you were miles off. Side, he goes, yeah, I'm not running back. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, uh, in in the game, the exhibition game he played in in Sydney for D Y. He scored, and there was um, infamously he was miles offside, but the referee was um, more lenient than you were. But... <laughs> <laughs> Probably starstruck. Yeah, yeah, no, I didn't do it again. Uh, now I, I like the section that you uh, have uh, politely entitled "Busted Asses." And again, with the uh, with the Perth uh, angle, one of the greatest busted asses that we saw playing here was William Gallas. Mm. Mm. Certainly was. Now um, he he's more famous for playing for the three major London clubs than the first guy to do so. And um, again, there's a theme really developing late in his career, final sort of contract, come out and get a get a few extra dollars. But um, yeah, he he played the most games of any of our characters in the book with fifteen. And I don't think any of them are memorable except for the the one we talked about. Is that would that be the one where he um, <laughs> tried to clear the ball, but it bounced off his standing foot and <laughs> basically gave oh, I think it was Western Sydney Wanderers an easy tap in goal against the Glory. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was one of those. It's actually yeah. he was playing in uh, regional, playing in Albury in, oh, okay. uh, in regional okay. Australia against Melbourne Heart. Oh, okay, at the yes, time. Okay, yeah. Um, and I think it was because this is just prior to Melbourne City buying Hart, that yep. they thought, well, we if we need to go regional to get some fans and everything. And it was 43 or 44 degrees. So um, <laughs> I'm not sure he would have been too motivated given, you know, away games for the glory are, you know, big, big on a plane, but then you've got another three and a half hours on a bus. Yep. Um, yeah. I'm not, and it's 44 degrees. I'm not sure how Kenny was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, exactly right. Around, hey. Play for the jumper, you know. He, he's also famous um, for being the player that actually scored the goal uh, when uh, Thierry Henry handballed it against the Irish, everyone <laughs> sort of remembers Thierry Henry's handball and yeah, get it under control. Course, but yeah, it was yeah. it was Gallus that actually tapped it in then. So, um, it was oh, not so much that, that handball that it was a carry, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. he would have got done for travelling in basketball. <laughs> <laughs> now, section three again. It's a, it's a fabulous book. Be my guest. Football and superstars in Australia. There's a link to it on our Facebook page. There's a link to it on our Facebook page. Um, 
Eric Cantona to Northern Spirit. How close was that? Mm. Well, it's, it's hard to tell, really. It's um, impossible to tell. Like, one of the recurring themes in our research for the book is that, um, especially in the early NSL era, more so than the later one where the internet existed, yep. um, in some form or another, that there'd be a lot of these stories about players. They're on their way. You know, they're on the plane. They're about <laughs> to land. The you know, they'll be here immediately, and then just radio silence. Um, no, no, no follow-ups in the paper about whether why they weren't playing anymore. So, look, Australian football history is famous for throwing out um, throwing out links and hoping that they stick. The, the Ibrahimovic one from a couple of years ago that was probably uh, like a you know a dream from the PR team at the, at the Glory more than anything else. Um, uh, yeah, so it, it probably wasn't that likely. I mean, he was pretty keen to move on from football at that stage of his, of his career. And, but, and unfortunately for us, there was a, a, a rumour in that chapter about Daniel Sturridge coming to the yeah. league. So <laughs> yeah. he got, got printed about three or four weeks too too. too. <laughs> I was just about to say, when we heard that Sturridge was coming to the glory, like everyone thought, oh, this is another one of those, yeah, sure, and, and then it's going to fall through and it's not going to happen. And, and there was sort of like, I think almost a day of just bemused... Yeah. Um, you know, sort of stunned, like a stunned mullet when we saw that it all seems to be official and it's actually approved and, and it's going to happen. And we're like, no, nah, come on, really? Excellent. And yeah. then we then we all got excited. <laughs> and apparently he's still yeah, in quarantine yeah. at the moment. So Yeah, he'd be coming to the end of that. Yeah. The, the, the book is just full of, you know, what ifs, near misses. I mean, Eusebio. Mm. Eusebio coming to Australia to play. That, that That's just mental. Yeah, I know, and, then, and that one was um, that was Frank Lowy. So that was Sydney City. So yeah. you know the Hungarian Jews had a bit of cash behind them in the in the late seventies, and that they had he's about to come, he's about to come. He missed the plane. That was one. <laughs> <laughs> the next week, the next week's article was, oh, he missed the plane, but he's on the next week's flight. Because I don't think there was regular flights out. But you imagine a name like that, and then there was also with the arguments there, if if they're coming out to play as a guest. That they really want to maximise crowds. So the clubs want yep. them to play home games only. Yep. So with Eusebio, it's like, well, he's going to play home games, but he might play an away game. If he plays the away game, we want half the gate. And then you've got the away team saying, well, if he's coming to play and you want the gate, then he has to play for us. I think that was the most fun researching that, that chapter, the, the what-ifs and the might-have been. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, actually, George... Best was in a very similar situation um, uh, with, with Brisbane, where Marconi wanted him to play uh, for them to play play a game that was going to be an away game, and eventually he, they uh, arranged to, for him personally to get um, a, a sizable share of the gate just to play that away game for Marconi uh, against Marconi for Brisbane. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Now, um, like I said, there's the the, the busted asses, Mario Jardel. I mean, <laughs> as, as a name, and, and when he was in his prime, he was one of the, the biggest names in Brazilian football. But when we saw him, <laughs> oh, my goodness, Busted Ass is being kind to him, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, and that's famously, if you do look at his highlight reel on YouTube, you can see it was amazing some of the goals that he scored. Um, but he was famously recruited off that highlight reel. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I don't think the Jets realised that the highlight reel was almost five to ten years old. Yeah. So um, he turned up on the wrong visa. He turned up like several kilograms overweight. Hmm. And he also had a few social issues following, you know, he missed out on the Brazilian team for the World Cup. So, um, yeah, 
um, didn't do their homework so so much. But if you're recruiting off YouTube, then you know absolutely you'd, you'd sign him up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Can you talk to us about uh, Ferenc Pushkas' time in Australia because he ended up staying here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Pushkas managed at, um, at South Melbourne, obviously, mm-hmm. um, in, in the early nineties, and he uh, he. He was linked to a couple of jobs in Australia over the time, actually. Uh, I think he had family or his wife had family that lived in Melbourne and, and they were keen to, to get over here. And, um, yeah, he was a legend. He was already a legend within the kind of Greek community. He, he, he'd steered um, Panathinaikos to the European Cup final mm-hmm. in, I think, 1971. So he was a legend kind of to Greek supporters. Um, and, uh, yeah, there is a, there's a statue of him around in Melbourne, which is sort of famously dishevelled and often appears on... Uh, social media outrage because it's very poorly taken care of. So that that, that statue is right near Amy Park. So if anyone yeah. from the west is coming over for any, well, when the, sorry, when the board is open and you're allowed to come over <laughs> yeah. to watch any game, um, yeah, it's right near Amy Park. It's worth that. It's worth checking out. Yeah, there's a fantastic story um, when Best because Best had a couple of goes in in Australia, um, and he was out in '89, and it was around the time that Pushkas was arriving uh, in the country, and Pushkas was one of Best's uh, heroes actually, like that. Mm. Which is the Real Madrid team were um, like best all-time kind of yep. favourite club, other than his his own United team in '68. Yep. Um, and so they 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 met up and they went out to dinner and um, yeah, the, the reports of the um, Pushkas was a fantastic goal scorer, but he was also a fantastically famous eater, and um, he ate plates and plates of dumplings that night. <laughs> um, left an impression on everyone. Yep. Now I noticed that you put. Craig Johnston in there, uh, famously, you know, I I, I have him on uh, on not my nice list because <laughs> I mean he had the opportunity to play for Australia, yeah. um, and and chose not to. I know he had opportunities to play for a few different countries, but you've got him there as a as a guest as well. But that was more off season preparation for his time at Liverpool. Absolutely. So the first one was between um, he played played twice for Newcastle United in the in the NSL. The first time he came back, he was going from Middlesbrough to, to Liverpool was a chance to get fit whilst he was out here. The second time, he was a bona fide star for Liverpool and the, and the crowds were huge and he scored like a hat-trick in one of those games. So I think he played four games and scored four goals and the crowds were like, um, for the time, ten or 12,000 at Newcastle and then when he left the week after, like I think there were three or 4,000. <laughs> so there's a theme also within our book in terms of the sugar hit that these players get. Yeah. Like uh, I, re- I recall it in when um, WA was talking about Zlatan Ibrahimovic and you're saying we're going to take it to Optus Stadium away from HBF Park because of the crowds that it would generate for that kind of game. There's a theme like that that where these guys come out and they initially get really large crowds, but it's more of your theatre goers and perhaps your Euro snobs that are, that yeah. are watching these guys so they don't sort of hang around and, and rusted on become rusted on A-League or NSL fans. Yeah. The good news for you guys is that uh, there is a Liverpool connection there. Um, Liverpool, when, if a Liverpool player comes out or, or Man United player, um, there are immediate boosts to crowds and, and, and also win rates. I've been actually looking up all the impact that Liverpool players had um, on their clubs uh, and... Uh, Crowds increased by like one and a half times just, just when it, on average when yep. a Liverpool player is playing. So um, hopefully, yeah, Perth can make their money back on on the um, storage investment. Yep. So was that the same when Grobola went to went to the Northern Spirit? Because at the time, Northern <laughs> Spirit were um, were partnered with Glasgow Rangers. Mm. 
Yeah. Well, there's a there is a um, a kind of an anti-hero in our book. Maybe he's a hero. I don't know. Remo Nogarotto. He he's involved in a lot of these. Um, either the busted asses, yeah, yeah, signing guest players or trying to recruit them. So he was kind of the brains behind the Canton one that didn't quite happen. He also had a dip at Stan Collymore um, several years after he'd retired. Um, there, there are some individuals in, in backroom roles in Australian football that just love guest players and marquees and are always looking to sign them. Yep. Do you, do you see that um, happening again? I mean, I know the connection that uh, is with Manchester City and Melbourne City. Yep. And we had famously David Vidya rocking up and going, yeah, no thanks. <laughs> Do you see that uh, guest role, I'm going to say, coming back? I, I don't think so because I think the VIA one was sent from head office. Is like, well, you've got a couple of months before you can play for New York. Why yeah. don't you go play for Melbourne City? Yeah. And, and Frank Lampard Frank Lampard was supposed to join him, but the, right. the, yeah. club's knocked, the club's knocked him back. So if you had to have VIA and Lampard, it probably would have made a difference and they probably would have looked at it again. Um, I think now I think you need to look more... These guys are like, most of the guys in our books are sort of late 30s. They're washed up. They're coming for cash. Yeah. We need to sell the Australian lifestyle now. So if they're 32, like Daniel Sturridge, or they're 35, like Del Piero, a good 35, or a good, yeah, like, good, a good, and a good age, and they still have some good, yeah. good football left, and they hang around for a bit, you need to sell the lifestyle rather than the cash, because we're never going to compete with the Middle East now in terms of dollars. So we have to sell the lifestyle, and, and hopefully... Um, yeah, hopefully he's not he's not injury prone and he makes an impact that it'll it'll open the door for a few other sort of names. Oh. Yeah, most of the guys in our book, they you know they were first division stars, but they weren't multi millionaires like like they are today. Yeah, and you know it was worth their while to come out and play some games and, and earn fifty fifty grand yeah. um, for the for the pleasure. These days, it just uh, it just wouldn't be worth um, the top first. <laughs> A Premier League players' time to, to do that, unless there were other reasons why they were coming out, like, like Jason said. So maybe like another reason would be if they had, say, grandparents living in Perth, like Cristiano Ronaldo does. So you know, we could <laughs> yeah. just you know, like, like get yeah. him out to the glory. Maybe, and he got Brad Studer. He's walking, working around there. That's true. Yeah, he's he's said yeah, to he live in well, Perth as well. So there you go. We're gonna have get him to have some kids and bring them <laughs> up as well. Yeah, um, that that is also a recurring theme in the book that um, guys were visiting Australia anyway and got got um, asked to appear in some games. They had yeah. family out here. Um, yeah, uh, why not, if you're out here visiting family, why not just um, play a couple of games? The other thing on that too, though, is that the seasons were different. So, you know, we yeah. used to have our football in, a, in our winter yep. as opposed to a summer, which is, you know, basically the same as the, the Northern Hemisphere winters. So if there was a, a different seasons then perhaps you'd have the potential of getting someone to come back to sort of put themselves back in the shop window to go back to Europe. But at the moment, with the summer A-League, that's not going to happen. Yeah, true. Now, Pete and I were having a giggle uh, about this section um, off-air before the show. Usain Bolt. <laughs> Can we, you know, let, let's, have a, let's have a good chuckle about that one. He certainly, um, look, it gave us a lot of publicity with trying to turn himself into a footballer. I mean, that that was part of the inspiration for the book too because we just had watched the circus that was a couple of trial matches were televised. Mm. Um, they famously took Simon Hill off the coverage and put Matt Shervington on the coverage. So, <laughs> um, straight away, you know, you're not quite looking at, um, you know, looking at them taking it seriously, but, you know, got a few eyeballs with a couple of uh, one, one goal. 
Mm. Um, and then one that he walked in. But, yeah, like he got offered a contract at some... Um, Clearly wasn't enough money for him, and then very very quickly he was in the marquees of the, the Melbourne Cup carnival. So, yeah, yeah. Um, a, a very interesting time in Australian football, that's for sure. Yeah, no, I like the fact that he uh, he opted for the number ninety five shirt for the uh, the world record that he broke. <laughs> yeah, that's right, nine point five eight, which is pretty yeah. amazing, isn't it? Not really a football number, but like you say, with the feel good factor, um, just taking it out of the book exactly now. I mean, 10,000 fans turned up to his first game yeah. and their average was, what, about seven and a half for the season? Mm. And that, that was and yeah, a trial match. A trial yeah, match. And, a, and a trial match. Yeah. 10,000 10, people at a trial match. You're going, why? <laughs> <laughs> I spoke to a few journalists about that and they just say, like, in terms of celebrity, he's in a different stratosphere. So he's in a yeah. different stratosphere to even some of the, the world's leading footballers, you know? Like, a to win gold medals at three consecutive Olympics and stuff like it's just the stuff that he did was just will be very very hard to be repeated. So in terms of a celebrity, he's just right up there. In terms of a footballer, as it proves, he wasn't quite mentally quick enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that, that's kind of another kind of theme in the book, I guess. That um, these clubs, in most cases, are desperate to attract fans, and they're, they're willing to give things a go. <laughs> basically, um, sign sign a big name player. Um, pay them as much as they can for a couple of games and hope that maybe they, the, the fans that come out to see them will stick around. And sadly, in most cases, they, they didn't. Yeah. Now, did you say play um, for Jamaica at youth level? Uh, I don't think so, no. No, no. It's just surprising that, um, that you know, a, a world record-breaking sprinter turns up and goes, I can play so- uh, football. Really? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you've, got money, you can, you've got enough money, you can try anything. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> once, I mean, once money's not an issue for you. <laughs> that's it. I mean, he's, he's a famously massive Man United fan and he played in a lot of exhibition games. And, and even in his book that I read, he said, you know what, if I put my mind to it, but he didn't really put his mind to it. If you recall, he turned up at pre-season, but he hadn't done any practice prior to the pre-season. So someone said they should have prepared him for that. Mm. And then he had to jet off halfway through to do a commercial in Europe, halfway <laughs> through his pre-season. And, you know, I think it cost the coach his job and it didn't really gel. And the Mariners really struggled that year. And it's hard to, to see them, you know, starting the season well when they've had to deal with that circus, you know. Yeah. The missed opportunity might have been Bob Marley. Yeah. Bob, Bob, Marley. <laughs> yeah. Bob Marley famously went to a training session at Adelaide um, at Adelaide to meet Dixie Dean. Yeah, you remember that here if you were there at Adelaide to meet yeah, yeah. Dixie Dean. Big, big fan. Bob Marley was a big fan of Dixie Dean. Yeah, he showed up to training instead of you, Dixie Dean, the one that used to play for Celtic. Yep. <laughs> now, another one in, in, in your book that uh, I would imagine most people um, wouldn't be aware of, Paul Gascoigne to Joondalup City. Yeah, um, Gazza, yeah. So he... Again, he was really attracted to the lifestyle. He liked fishing, and he heard like great stories about the fishing um, that was available to him in Perth. And he was having some difficulty. He was at Middlesbrough. He was having some difficulty. He was trying to get out of his contract, and so he, he, he may have been using that that rumor as kind of a stalking horse to get it, get out of the, the contract um, at, at, at Middlesbrough. But um, again, like there would have been some thought there, and it's, it's a shame that. Maybe the planets didn't align for him yeah. to come out and play. Excellent mm. rumour with the newspaper article on that. It was quite good. <laughs> yeah, because it was a little far-fetched if you think where he was, where he was and where well, he was going. It was... Um, I mean, he got back to um, 
uh, Brian Robson, he was the manager of Middlesbrough. Yep. So it got back all the way to him to make, and uh, journos were asking him to comment on it. So, um, yeah, there was, there was some um, fire, there was some smoke there. Yeah, no, it's just, again, just reading that section, Robson, it's utter rubbish. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay, is it really? And, um, yeah, as it goes on, that um, Paul Simmons, Gaz's manager, goes, yeah, we're towards the end of negotiation. Uh, yeah, how, how big is this <laughs> yeah, for, yeah. For, for soccer? And, like, the, and, and the, the end of that sentence, you know, like, it, the, the question on everybody's lips was not, not that Gaz is going somewhere, it was, where's he going? Where's, where's June love? <laughs> Again, the, the lifestyle, is, you know, there's plenty of reasons to, to, to go west. Yeah. Oh, we know. Yeah, as you say, absolutely. <laughs> um, if, if you're after a final payday, <laughs> Australia is probably not the place to go anymore. It's, you know, the Middle East or even, even you know, uh, China, maybe Japan. I think more likely China. India. India. Yeah. In, India. Yeah. Yes, true. Um, but, yeah, so Australia offers, you know, the Western lifestyle, the laid-back attitudes, and if you've already made your money, so to speak, um that you know we we need to present ourselves as that sort of option for these players yeah absolutely yeah we do we do i mean and then in in the book we talk about um benito carboni not working out benny carboni not really working out for sydney fc but he did provide the reference for del piero yeah so del piero's management rang him up and said what's what's sydney like and they didn't talk about the football they talked about you know having coffees on bondi beach <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you know there's hope there um sturridge that gets um, most seller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. No, that was uh, one of the selling points for Robbie Fowler when he came to Perth. Was was yep. the actual lifestyle. Yep. You know, I, I, it, when I finished training, I'm off down the beach. <laughs> Why yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. Lastly, before we let you go, um, the one that interests me more than the most, and like I said, that the book is a sensational read. Osvaldo Adilas, World Cup winner. Yeah. Can, you, can you tell us about that guest in? Yeah, so um, um, there was a bit of a theme there where you had touring teams come out to Australia before they started their season. So the Tottenham Hotspurs were, were touring um, touring Australia and they had an agreement and St George Budapest, who managed to get a lot of guest stars during their time, again, bankrolled by quite wealthy Hungarian Jewish community in Sydney. And um, they were after Hoddle and they ended up with uh, with Aussie Adilis uh, instead. So we played one game for St George in '85. Mm-hmm. Robbie Slater was one of his teammates as well. Yep. So, yep, managed to sneak in one game in the, the National Soccer League. Again, the, the book is just, you know, full of these hidden gems where you think World Cup winners, World Cup winning captains. Yep. It, it's an interesting subject because it's also something that you sort of wouldn't think of as a as a topic for a book. You know, everyone will talk about the, the history of the clubs in general or the you know, the, the tactical evolution of the game or so forth. We've all got books on those sort of things. But one to say, hey, these guest players have come to Australia. And, and as you say, once you once you start to list them all, you go, oh, there was a lot. There was a lot more than I would have thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we got down a few rabbit holes and discovered <laughs> a lot of players that we didn't know before because we were doing the research through it. And then we had a, a list of players going, look, are they kind of famous enough to include or you know are there funny anecdotes with that player and that kind of thing it was it was actually a real pleasure to research mm. um and and keeping it to the the word limit was also quite a challenge for us <laughs> yeah there was so much to add yeah as, as we say it's not an encyclopedia there were there are plenty more that um could have featured but um have to make a judgment call yeah of course yeah. now with that research in mind uh you, you start the book with um sandy young from 1914 
uh, that must have been fairly difficult for, mm. for researching. Or was, well, or was I, there a lot of uh, information available? Yeah, it's actually the, um, there's been some work done by the Evidence Historical Society to, to dig up his story. And I actually read a couple of articles about him and, and had him top of mind in this famous uh, drive that um, Jason alluded to earlier. Um, so I'd read a couple of articles and um, the difference that we... Or what we've added to the story is that the fact that he played, but that we, we, I did some looking around in Trove and, and found the match reports of, of him actually playing. And, and that would have been just the locals convincing him to show up and, you know, have a kick around. Um, so but it's an amazing story that the Sandy Young one, there's probably a, you know, there's a there's a film in there somewhere, I think. Mm. And he's, he's still one of the top all, top five all-time goal scorers for Everton, even though he came out to yeah. Australia in 1914. So yeah. Yeah, his record for, for Everton's amazing. Yeah, and, and there's, a, there's a kind of rich connection there with Everton. We've had two of their top five all-time goal scorers play here. Oh, so, really? so Alan Ball's the other one. Is is that the, who we're thinking of? No, Latchford. no, yeah. Bob oh, Latchford. Bob Latchford, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so as you were saying to Pete, there's so many. There, there. Of course, it's Bob Latchford, Super Bob. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah. I had my West Brom hat on there. The, 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 there's a Super Bob that played for us, Super Bob Taylor. But uh, you know that that's yeah, Bob Latchford. What a champion he was. Can you tell us about his yeah. stint? Well, he's a champion fella too because I he, I interviewed him. Um, the book yeah he he was actually he was really suffering with his hamstrings at the time he he felt like his evident career was over and potentially his entire career was over but he happened just by a complete fluke of accident of great luck um happened to be in brisbane uh, well, obviously he was signed to play for the brisbane lions <laughs> and uh there was a, a, a sport a very early pioneer in sports science that was that was based in uh in, in brisbane uh dr keith hobbs i think um he was the Queensland rugby um, doctor, and uh, he worked with uh, Latchford on his hamstrings and effectively cured them. Um, Latchford wow. had a great, yeah. He he he, he pinged his, his hamstring in a in a cup game, and um, so he needed the work. But he came back, he played, and he he was transferred to Swansea City. Um, just after his stint in, in Brisbane, yep. and went on to have a like a really productive kind of end of his career and basically never suffered again from his hamstrings so amazing uh, right place right time gentlemen thank you very much for your time today where can we get the book i got mine online through uh, fair play publishing at www.fairplaypublishing.com.au is it available in bookstores yet uh, it is yeah so um fair play publishing or amazon or good local bookstores yeah we'll yeah. be able to find it and what else is next for you gentlemen An- another book or separate projects uh, we're not quite sure yet. We've, uh, as you probably know, we're in Melbourne, so we're coming out of the, the world's longest lockdown. So we might actually. <laughs> so you've got three books already lined up. Literally go and smell the roses for a few months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, gentlemen. Thank you very much for your time. I really do appreciate it. I know I've been trying to. Uh, get this sorted for a, for a couple of weeks it's a bit like me with the phones over here <laughs> I, I've got good intentions I just can't press the right buttons in the, in the right order no problem thank, thank you for having us you and Pete was great yeah thanks for having no, us thanks, no, no, the pleasure is all ours thank you very much enjoy the rest of your day thank you bye bye Lucas Gillard and Jason Goldsmith authors of the 
wonderful Be My Guest, football superstars in Australia. Do yourself a favour, as someone famous once said. <laughs> get out, get yourself a copy of it. It is a fantastic read full of names and stories that you would just not believe had happened. I mean, we famously hear David Villa, Usain Bolt, the more yep. recent ones, but Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Keegan. Yeah. Play, you know, Bobby Moore. I mean, again, with that WA aspect, most people would may know that but it was a, a while ago but mm. World Cup winners now, when you said Paul Gascoigne it, like, it, it rang a bell there yeah. was something some association with him and June Love and, and it's just like Gazza isn't it you know I, I'm not happy here I want out yeah. how about but to pick June it's almost, it's almost like throwing a dart at yeah. a map of the world and going to, oh that's where I'm to, going to pick June Love as the place to go to, to weasel <laughs> out of a contract in Middlesbrough you think mm, you know you, you couldn't think I'm off back down to Spurs or yeah. <laughs> maybe somewhere else. It's a, it's a fascinating read. I've, I've put a link to the, uh, to the book on our Facebook page. As I knew uh, you would. The link is to Angus and Robertson because they were the first one that came up on Google, but you don't have to buy it from Angus and Robertson. As they said, it's available on Amazon. And, yep. And yep. Like I said, else. I got mine through uh, Fairplay. It was a, a pre-order, but uh, once I saw it, I thought, you know, that's just going to be endless hours of entertainment. So... Once again, that's www.fairplaypublishing.com.au. It's worth every cent. It's got a big picture of George Best on the cover, beard and all, surrounded by, surprisingly enough, three <laughs> lovely ladies. But he is reading the soccer action newspaper from way back when. Yeah, so, we'll, 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 we'll pop up a link to the Fair Play one as well. So, Brilliant. Well, Len will be in very, very shortly with his always excellent bags groove i will apologize once more i've been told not to do this but those technical issues earlier on um, ah, it's all good it's all it's, it's all, all in the past it's all in the past yep and it was definitely for, te- technical not 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 dummy for anyone that uh, you know, watches ted lasso just uh, be like <laughs> a, be like a goldfish have your three seconds of sadness and then forget about it and move on one two three oh, and gone. and, we're and gone. it's gone Brilliant. Now, once more, we need to thank our uh, wonderful sponsors and uh, station sponsors, Futsal WA and the always excellent Greg Farrell, Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron for custom-built fencing gates and gate and fence hardware for fence and gate components, automation to upgrade and protect your property. We thank those people very and businesses very, very much. Pete, before we go, anything else you'd like to say? Just just a reminder that on the 11th of November, we've got uh, Australia versus Saudi Arabia. Do you want to have a quick chat about that? Because Len's not here yet. He's not here yet. so Which is a surprise. I didn't have... Well, I was a bit uh, preoccupied, so I didn't see him go past. <laughs> so the, the squad has been announced. So we've, we've got uh, two games in a row, mm-hmm. um, obviously. But so the 11th of November, it's Australia. We're hosting Saudi Arabia. And that's the point where we've played every team in the group. And then the cycle repeats on the 16th of November... We have an away game to China PR, which is interestingly enough being held in Sharjah in the United Arab Emirates. Yeah, so no, I saw that. You may remember that when we were the home team, the game was played in Qatar. Yep. So interestingly, China also seems to be doing the host your home games in the Middle East. In fact, looking back through their one against uh, Vietnam was also in Sharjah. Yeah, I wonder why they've gone Sharjah. Like I said, and we discussed at the time that the the advantage of playing in Qatar is that you're playing. On the actual pitch yep. of the World of Cup the venues, World Cup, yeah. um, Sharjah's, I don't know, maybe maybe it's a cash job. 
I, I suspect it is. It, it may, you may even find it's a little bit um, of uh, competition between Qatar and the UAE for uh, the prestige of holding events, possibly. Well, yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a, but the, anyway, the, the squads have been announced uh, and they're pretty much what you'd expect. for a, as, a, as a West Australian, there are a few names that sort of jumped out that uh, Jamie McLaren, mm-hmm. Nikita Rukovica is in the squad, um, Danny Vukovic, obviously Trent Sainsbury, Yep. So, you know, there's the West Australian Adam, element. Adam Taggart. Adam Taggart. Uh, yeah. No, he, no. I think, is injured. There's a couple he? of, yes, Adam, oh, Aaron be. Moy is out as well, and one other. So we were missing three big names. I just can't remember, can't find the bit that lists them. But, yeah, Adam Taggart was out, Andrew, uh, uh, Aaron Moy, and there was a third one that couldn't play. And I boot. can't find the article now, but no. one of them said no. Okay. Wow. So, so the 11th. To the 11th for, for the, ga- the game in Western Sydney and then the 16th, uh, the, the away game against China. Uh, also worth mentioning, Football West has up on their website, they're keen to hear from the WA community on the feasibility and demand for a men's state league Division 3 if it was to be introduced. Okay. Um, so there's a survey there and there's an open forum on Wednesday the 17th of November between 6.30 and 8.30 at the Football West offices, uh, one press prospect place, West Perth. I'll pop a link up to that on our Facebook page as well. So if you're, you know, the manager of a current amateur first division, uh, amateur Premier League side and you're like, well, we, why not go up to State League? Um, there may be a, a way in if they open up a third division. Uh, has in anyone that knows the history of WA football knows we have had a third division before. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. That was a while ago, though. It was a while ago, so maybe it's a good sign if things are growing, if there's a growing demand for it. And the uh, Combank, as we've given their full name, the Combank Matildas versus the USA, the yes. match one is... Saturday the 27th of November at Stadium Australia, Sydney. And match two is on the Tuesday, the 30th of November at McDonald Jones Stadium in Newcastle. So we'll be very interested to see how they go on against the powerhouse that is the US women's team. Yeah, I was actually going to say when when we were talking with Tash, uh, me personally, when, when a game's a friendly match, I'm like, oh, it doesn't really matter. Like, I understand, yeah, you still want to win during the 90 minutes, but it's still only a friendly match. They might be trying players out. They might be, you know, experimenting a bit. I don't care what the result is because it's a it's friendly match. Um, having said that, the games against Brazil, I was on the edge of my seat. I really wanted to win them. Yeah, yeah. You know, even though my, my, you know, my brain's going, no, no, it's only a friendly match. It you know, has no bearing on anything. Um, yeah, yeah but so, and I'm sure with the US, I'll be the same. I'll be yeah, like, no, that, that's the hassle we have, being that we're the host, and, and obviously the Kiwis have the same situation. We're the host of the next World Cup. All yeah. our games will be yes. Yeah, so, so we don't have technically friendly. Yeah, we don't get the qualifying arcade, uh, which is why the Asian Cup next month, sorry, two next, months time next is, year, is, yep. next year is uh, so it, important. Oh, super important. Yeah, it'll um, be the last competitive thing that the Matildas, Matildas play. Exactly. Yeah, I've always been, you know. You, you think to yourself, we'd love to have the World Cup in our country, mm. but then that denies you the opportunity of playing competitively to get there. Yeah. And I always have that sneaky feeling that maybe that weakens your side mentally because they're not playing, 
you know, we need to win this. Yeah. Exactly the point you made there, Pete, that, you know, it's a friendly, we'll try this, we'll try that. If it doesn't work, eh, yeah. but you can't do that in competition. No, exactly. Every And, and that's, a face, uh, that's a challenge that every World Cup uh, host faces is that in the four years leading up to the World Cup, yep. they're, um, they're just going to be playing friendly matches while every or the other 31 teams that are going to be at the World Cup will be you know, taking it serious and getting battle-hardened and ready for the event. Exactly right. Well, we've gone over time, which yep. is... We can uh, play some music and yep. just leave a pre-record going. You bet. Thank you very much for joining us. Join us again next week at the same time, 10 till 12, on 107.9 FM, the World Football Programme. I'm your host, Hugh, and the greatest wingman in the world who's lived up to that title again and again and again, and the beers are in the fridge, Pete, is Pete Skelia. Thank you very much for joining us. See you next time. Thank you. Join us again next week at the same time for the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Ha 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 